The day on which Emily Stockwell Turner fell out of love with her husband began much like other days. As usual, Emmy lay in bed twenty minutes later than she should have done, with her son Freddie playing cars over her legs, and when she finally got up, it seemed as if things would never be sorted out. But somehow breakfast was made. Freddie was fed and dressed and sent off to nursery school in the carpool, and at length Emmy stood outside the house watching her husband leave for work on time. Looks like snow, said Holman Turner, an instructor in the Languages and Literature Division at Converse College, as he stood beside her on the frozen lawn in his overcoat. It was a chilly, dark morning early in November, and Emmy wore only an old cashmere sweater and slacks, but she was the kind that never feels the cold. Oh, good. Do you think so? But it's only the first week in November. I'm afraid it's much too soon. It probably snows early here, Holman said, and climbed into his car and shut the door. Through the glass, he could see Emmy look round at the clouds, smiling. What a magnificent creature she is, he thought, as he frequently did. She was a big girl, tall, tanned like a gypsy, and with a high color. Her heavy, bright brown hair had not yet been done up for the day. It hung down over one shoulder in a thick braid. She was twenty-seven and still had, as on the day he married her, the look of a carefully bred and beautifully groomed animal, kept permanently at the peak of its condition for some high use which has not yet arrived and possibly never will arrive. Holman had seen it often on boys and girls of Emmy's class, though seldom to such a degree or accompanied by so much beauty. Emmy continued to stand beside the car, waiting for her husband to roll the window down, so he rolled it down. Goodbye, darling, she said, stooping to kiss him. So long, baby, Holman replied. He rolled the window up again and drove away down the drive. Emmy stood on the lawn, smiling, and watched his car a little gray Volkswagen turned into the road and grow smaller as it went away from her along the highway, between low hills covered with scrub pines and birches. It disappeared around the corner, and Holman would not be back until 5.30, for though he was a teacher, he kept businessmen's hours. But Emmy did not go in. She liked this particular spot in the yard because from here she could see to the north beyond the road and the trees, the top spires and towers of Converse College. In all directions, the view was closed in a few miles away, for Converse and Converse College lay in a narrow valley. The cross-state highway passed 14 miles to the south behind a range of mountains. The nearest passenger railroad station was 10 miles to the west, beyond hills and a river. No one came to Converse except to go to school. The local farmers took their onions and tobacco and corn over to Hampton and bought their clothes and furniture there. They could not afford and did not want the button-down shirts and imported ski sweaters which were sold in the two local men's shops or the hand-rubbed chairs displayed by the Converse antique dealers. After the noise of the car had died away, everything was silent under a heavy, oyster-colored sky. Emmy held out her arms. Snow, she said aloud, in the tone of voice she might have used to a waiter. She laughed too and at herself.
and repeated, Snow, please. I want to see what it looks like. Although all her living male relatives, and many of her dead ones, had spent four winters of their youth here, Emmy had never seen Converse under the white icing with which it was usually photographed and painted. She had visited the town often, but her visits had been made either before the real life of the college started or after it was over.